Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone, and I welcome you into our very first cricket analysis video on this channel. So obviously it's been very much NRL fantasy analysis, but cricket has been something I've played all my life and it's something I want to bring to you guys. Just in this video, we're going to be going through my reaction and my analysis to the squad that has been named for the upcoming World Test Championship, but also the Ashes series in England. So I cannot wait for that. The goal of this channel, guys, is to actually provide you with plenty of analysis. I've noticed there's nothing much there on YouTube. Really, the only analysis you're getting is from articles or when you're listening to the commentators speak at matches. So I'm going to bring you all of my reactions and all of my analysis to how the Australians go, not only in the World Test Championship, not only in the Ashes, but across the entire summer of cricket. So really, the biggest thing for me here is I have been a cricketer all my life, played first grade here in Sydney, in Australia, so very, very lucky to be able to get to play with a couple of guys that actually, well, one guy here, especially that plays uh, for Australia and Steve Smith, been able to play with Zampa, Phil Jakes, Shane Watson, mixture of those guys and played against and with guys like Nathan Ellis, Chris Green, uh, they're all my age kind of guys. So plenty of knowledge uh, there on the playing front and I've also coached for about 10 years. So I really hope you, you come along the ride with me here and enjoy this with me. So this article here was obviously just written to, to demonstrate the, the squad that has been named for the World Test Championship, which is against India in just less than a week now, which is very exciting. And then the Ashes, you know, not, not far after that. It's a very quick turnaround. So, yeah, super excited, as I said, to, to get around analyzing all this for you guys. So just to let you know, the squad that we will be analyzing here goes through the World Test Championship, but also the first two Ashes matches, and then there's a potential for a change-up from there. So... What we'll go through here, guys, is all 17 of those that have been picked. I'll give you my general thoughts on them, sort of break it down, what we've got with the amount of fastballers, spinners, the all-rounders, the batsmen, likely lineup, strengths and weaknesses, who missed out, and then I'm going to go through at the end there all of the uh, the different potential options that you've got uh, for you know the players and how I think it'll line up and then where their, uh, you know, their scores come from. 
in all the different uh, you know countries there, which is really cool. And we're obviously going to focus in on England and a little bit on India as well, um, which is going to be super important. Obviously, how they play our Aussies over in England as to you know if their spots in this team should be warranted or not. We'll get critical on a lot of players. Uh, I know a lot of uh, everyone loves David Warner right at the moment. So yeah, we're, we're going to get in there and discuss every single one of these players. You know, from that likely aren't up one to 11. So let's kick it off with the, the 17 that's been named and then my you know, general likely lineup before I go through any of their thoughts there. So this is in, you know, from Captain C down through alphabetical order from there. So we've got Pat Cummins, Scott Boland, the great man, Alex Carey, Cameron Green there. We've got Marcus Harris, Hazelwood, Head, Inglis, Usman Kawaja there, Manus Lavashane, Nathan Lyon, Mitchell Mars, Todd Murphy, Matt Renshaw, Stephen Smith, Mitchell Stark, and also David Warner. So 17 will go over there. And that's consisted of, guys, four fast bowlers. So we're likely to use three. Two spinners. Again, in England, we're going to be likely to use likely to be using one. Two all-rounders, likely to use one there. Two wicket keepers, again, one. And then the seven batsmen, where we'll have a top six there. So the likely lineup out of that, at this stage, will be Warner and Kawaja up top. As openers, Lubbershane three, Smith four, head five. Cameron Green will get the nod at six. Kerry will be the keeper. Pat Cummins, Stark, Lyon, and Hazelwood as the bowlers really pick themselves. So thankfully, we are not you know going into these series or you know this tour with any injuries at the moment, which is great news. And what I'll you know be able to discuss here is a lot of the strengths and weaknesses as well heading into these matches. And you know, the strengths of this side right now is clearly the bowling unit. These guys have been together for a long time now. They're all fit. They're all firing. And, you know, good thing is with Stark, you know, if he had a little bit of a lapse in, in his form and, and his ability to control the ball and put it on the right spot and put it in the right areas. And that has improved over the last sort of year as well, which has been great. Pat, obviously, is our captain. You cannot speak anything about his play out there. Maybe a little bit about his batting, but he's bowling, definitely not. Uh, a few people question his captaincy, which we'll speak about in a sec. Uh, but, you know, Cummins, obviously, uh, yeah, our best bowler and one of the best bowlers in the world each and every year. Same with Hazelwood and him over in England. We'll, we'll discuss as well um, how how well he performs over there. Lyon in England, it's a slightly different story, but we'll discuss him and he's obviously clearly our best bowler. The guys to, the guys to miss out from that 17 that's been named will be Matt Renshaw. I just think he's, uh, at the moment, uh, we will go through his stats individually. Todd Murphy is a great backup, but he's not obviously you know past the line and we don't need two spinners in England. Again, something we'll discuss a little bit later. Mitch Marsh, he hasn't played a lot of long form cricket at the moment. Obviously an injury in 2020 to his ankle, I believe, you know, kept him out of it. Um, and I just think he needs some more game time. Yeah, but he's going to be great in that squad. And if there is an injury to, to Cam Green, I think Marsh, you know, obviously he's bowling very similar to that of Green and, and that's going to be very helpful and then has the ability to take a game away from you. So always an understanding as to why Mitch Marsh is in the squad. So he'll miss out as well. We've got Josh uh, Ingles there, or Inglis, that uh, is going to miss out as our second wicketkeeper. I believe he's having his first born uh, not too, in not too long. So he'll be back. Um, in Australia, but he'll be he'll be returning from there. Marcus Harris will miss out as well as Scott Boland. So that's the guys in the squad that will miss out. And yeah, Boland's a great injury cover, but you know how do you how do you fight your way into that squad at the moment? And Marcus Harris, you know some notes on him, and we'll speak about him in a little bit further detail. But uh, he's obviously the backup um, opener, so he's our number three opener. There we have the extra all rounder, we have the extra keeper, as we just spoke about the extra bowler being Scotty there. Um, so Marcus Harris, in, in terms of why he, uh, he's, he's a little bit different to someone that we'll speak about in Cameron Bancroft as someone who missed out is, you know, he's got 601 
runs there at 37.5 average there in, in Shield Cricket back in Australia. So that's okay at best. Obviously, you know, we want our openers to be hitting over a 40 average. Uh, something that you know Warner had been in the mid fifty or mid forty mid to high forties for a long time and is back down to about a forty five. So, yeah, not scoring incredibly at the moment. But if he can't do that in Shield cricket, it's very hard to pick you. I think uh, in the Test arena, has uh, been playing over in England currently as well. So just as an interesting little one before we get into a little bit of a deep dive, and Marcus Harris with six hundred and one runs uh, at thirty seven in Shield cricket. We go down to some of the guys that missed out. And you know, Cameron Bancroft was our leading run scorer in Australia at 945 runs for, at a 59 average. So very, very interesting how you know he, he still misses out on selection considering you know Marcus Harris is in that position um, with how he's been scoring there. Bancroft hasn't gone as well in the recent matches he's playing. You know, a bunch of these guys are actually playing county cricket at the moment. A lot of you would have been hearing how Michael Neza has been going, obviously scoring runs as well as taking wickets, and, and he is very much perfectly suited for the conditions in England. But you know, with Scotty Boland, who's going to miss out, we all want him in the side. How do you have any spot for Michael Neza? So if there was, if there did happen to be an injury or two from the bowlers, then Neza, I think, will make the squad there, and he's, he's doing as much as he can playing over in English conditions at the moment to get himself ready uh, as quickly as possible. Lance Morris misses out, so the big fiery quick, uh, he has an injury. So he's going to be out for you know, at least the um, this mid, we'll say the uh, the English summer, um, rather than our Aussie summer. So yeah, he's hopefully going to be back for that. Pete Hanscom we'll discuss uh, a little bit later once we go through him on an individual basis. And you know, Matt Kuhneman played really well in India, but it's not you know, super spin-friendly conditions. And you got Lyon and Murphy ahead of him. So that's where we're at in terms of, you know, the likely lineup, the strengths now and the weaknesses is going to be a big thing. And then we'll just go and discuss as a deep dive into each individual player. Strengths there for one is our bowling unit. As I said, incredible at the moment, you know, what they've been able to produce and their averages, which we'll go through in a, in a, in a second here. Obviously, you know, the really cool things here, you've got the, the batting and bowling figures of each player. So you've got David Warner there. And we can go through how he plays. This is in Australia. You can also go uh, via opponent as well. But obviously, uh, as we get into this, we'll get into um, him and how he plays uh, in England and obviously uh, against England in Australia or in England. So very, very different across the board, all of these different players. And then you've got the bowling stocks as well um, with some of the players uh, a little bit later on in the fixture with you know Josh Hazelwood there. Um, yeah, it's really going to be important to, to have a look at, as a deep dive into those guys. Also, as we go longer, team... In our videos, obviously just stepping ahead a little bit here in the World Test Championship, there's going to be five days. It's going to be overnight, so a lot of the games will start around that 8 p.m. here. Uh, I'll be able to watch them and catch up in the morning and then make a video reaction analysis for you guys who aren't able to watch it or you're only able to watch a little bit. I'll be able to react and analyze how the game uh, was played on each of those days along with how the Ashes plays out. I'll be here for that each morning the next day after, which is going to be great. So you can watch the highlights and then come and listen to, to my 15, 20-minute uh, analysis and, and rant on, on how things go. Hopefully, it's good news for for us Australians. Uh, but if it's not, you know, either way, we're going to be here. Uh, and then, obviously, the Ashes as reactions as well, uh, which is going to be really, really cool. Uh, so, yeah, strengths there. Bowling unit is going to be great. We'll discuss that in further detail. Marnus and Smith, obviously, two of the best batsmen in the world. Uh, and then Travis Head and Kawaja, obviously, in Australia, had were in a lot of form. And you know, hopefully, they can bring that over to England. Kawaja... On and off in India, head obviously didn't really get to play, so that's uh yeah that was a big thing as well. Uh, well, he played you know 
on and off and you know, didn't select him in the first one. There's a lot of things going on there, obviously. And then confidence. I just think you're know, having a lot of wins. Obviously, coming into this World Test Championship, they've been winning a lot of a lot of uh, test matches. So that's obviously great. Uh, and knowing as, as a player myself that confidence is everything, as you would know as well if, you, if you've played any sort, of, any sort of sport at any level or any part of life, really. Um, and then, yeah, the recent winning form, but obviously against England as well, we did pretty well. Um, if anyone watched the test in, in, you know, that uh, came out through COVID, you'll notice that we won a bunch of those games and did really well. And uh, we've been, you know, we won against them when they came over to Australia as well. Weaknesses, something I want to touch on as well is our left-handed batsmen in general. We have so many of them. I'm a lefty myself, um, obviously the, the best kind. But over in England, we actually do seem to struggle a bit. We know the the fits that uh, you know, Broad gives Warner and, and some of those lefties, Marcus Harris when he played recently. And we just seem to be picking a lot of lefties. Plus, just you know, we've got Alex Carey, our keeper, who's a lefty. Um, you know, thankfully, our two best players, uh, the right-handers, and they seem to do really well over in England, which we will will discuss. Uh, but that's something definitely to be worried about. And it's not limited to to Head or Kawaja. They both had their own issues against England in England. So that's something to, to note as well. And our batsman depth, depth. So we've got you know Renshaw and Harris as our two lefties in depth that you know they haven't really gone too well over there either. So that's something to think about if we do happen to have an injury or two, or if you know guys aren't scoring super well. Just say Warner struggles a bit, and everyone's calling for his head. Do you bring in Mark? You know, can you bring in Marcus Harris? Is he going to do much better than what Warner's able to put up? So really, we want to get behind Warner, and hopefully he can come out and do really well. So that's the strengths and weaknesses. So really, now I just want to delve into. All of those selections there uh, from 1 to 11 in in order there of uh, you know, how they're going to line up. So we're going to start with our openers. And let's have a deep dive into Davey Warner. So let's look at his overall average to start off things. And, and he's sitting at a 45.58. And that's obviously gone down a little bit uh, over recent you know, over the last year or two as well. And something to note that we'll discuss in a, in a further video. Um, but over the, you know, the end of, of players' careers, we have Warner and also Kawaja at 36 years old. Through the last couple of years of, of the majority of really good players' careers, you even look at someone like Tendulkar, and his average went from, you know, in the, in the mid-50s, for you know, sorry, the high 50s for the majority of his career, and the last two years, he was averaging in the mid-30s, so it was a big percentage drop in his average there. So that's something that you're seeing from Warner at the moment, and really, him playing over in England, it's going to be very, very interesting, which we'll go through in a second. You see his average there of 26 when he plays... Um, you know, in England and Wales. So 58 in Australia. You've got Bangladesh in here, but, you know, we'll look at some of the, the countries they play more games against. India, 21.79, not great. South Africa is a good one. Very, very similar to the conditions of Australia. Uh, the UAE's got a couple of matches there as well, and everywhere else is very low. So that's something to note there for sure. But let's click into uh, England there, and when he has a bat over in England, and then when he plays them in Australia. So 51.5 is his average at home. 26 is the average over in England and Wales. So not good news. And that's something that I think is going to be a very much a hot topic as we go through this uh, this Ashes series especially. And I really hope that you know up against India in this World Test Championship, that Warner can find some form because that is something that is super concerning at the moment is that 26 average when he plays in England and Wales. So, yeah, when he come when yeah you know, when they come over to Australia, even yeah you know, Broad can give him some issues there. So if Broad's fit and raring to go, the English guys have a few injuries at the moment with Jofra Anderson going through a few things. But uh, yeah, we'll get into that obviously a little bit closer when I preview the Ashes. But we have the World Test Championship first. But I just want to give a little bit of a an insight into how you know Davy and all of these players play in England 
uh, you know, in, the, in their career. And that's a lot of innings, guys. There's 13 matches. It's almost the same as the 15 in Australia, 25 innings compared to 26. He has no hundreds in England and Wales. He has four ducks and 750. So not great overall. His strike rate seems to be you know, surprisingly higher in England. So he tries to get on with it a little bit more than he does in Australia, which is very strange, isn't it? How that plays out for sure. Uh, so get rid of these as we go. Let's go to Usman there. And you look at, obviously, someone that now has a higher average than David Warner in test matches, which is pretty crazy, at 47.82. And he, he seems to score fairly well across multi, multiple continents, most multiple countries there. So 55 in Australia, which is awesome. Majority of plays you'll see, guys, they play better in their, on their home soil um, you know, in front of their own fans, which is, which is great. More comfortability, you're not traveling, you're with your family. There's a lot of things that, that come into that for sure, and the conditions is, is the biggest one. England, 12 innings, 19.67. We'll delve into that in a sec, but he plays pretty well in India. 47 in his uh, seven innings, so obviously played okay over there. New Zealand, good for his three innings. Pakistan, obviously great there for 165 average. South Africa, a little bit low. Sri Lanka, low, but UAE, the 76 as well. So let's break it down uh, in England there. Obviously, as I said, uh, yeah, against against England in Australia, average is 53.83. So that's good news, but when he goes over to England, it's a 19.67. Just bear in mind, guys, that this is when uh, the majority of these matches were when he yeah, wasn't in this type of form. So he's in much better form. I would expect him to get a little bit more over a 30 average at a minimum. You know, if he can get a good score or two in that first match in this World Test Championship against India, where he, you know, he scored fairly well against them over in India, I think he'll be able to build some confidence and improve that average that he has in those 12 matches over uh, against England in England. So again, not super exciting news. And just note, guys, that is two left-handers that we have spoken about so far. And so now we move to Manus. And things change a little bit. He has a pretty solid average against everyone. He has four matches in the UAE, which is a little bit low at 20. But everything else from there, the lowest is the 34 in Pakistan, 40 in India there, 49 uh, in Sri Lanka, but 50 against England. And that's obviously when he... Got, to that, got called up when, when Steve Smith went down injured, and he currently averages 70 in Australia, which is absolutely incredible. I, it's, it's just crazy how, how well he scored over there. And he has 37 innings out of his 64. So he has 27 away from home, 37 at home. So a lot of people, when they say, oh, is Marnus one of the best to ever play the game, considering he has a 57.5 test batting average at the moment, that's something to note that a lot of his games have been in India. And I think this series for him is going to be not career-defining, but it's definitely going to go a long way to, you know, if he can come out an average close to 50, I think, over over in England, he's going to go down, um, you know, if he can do that for a couple more time, a couple more Ashes series, he'll go down as one of the best batsmen to ever play the game. So that's something that, you know, is, is obviously a lot of pressure, but him being, you know, very a very important player uh, for our Australian side, given he's a right-hander as well, I think that's very important. And when, and when a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
I say that, guys, is is the main issue that us Aussies face against the, against England with the right hander around the wicket is that they can to the to the left hander, sorry, from the right hander around the wicket is they can attack the stumps and then that little bit of movement away that Broad gets brings in the nicks. So some will go straight, some will swing back in, some will swing away a tad. He has every different option. The issue with you know, them being trying, them trying to get our right-handers out is they don't have that left-hander that can come around the wicket and provide the same thing that Stuart Broad can do. So attack the stumps and then seam it away. Whereas you've got Anderson who can do in and out. He can swing in and out, obviously move it off the seam as well. And the conditions in England are suited to swing and seam bowling, which is great for our bowlers as well. You know, both both uh, teams have an advantage in their bowling lineup, that's for sure. But yeah, but they don't have that lefty to be able to do that. Anderson can you know can bowl nice and straight and then do a little bit off the deck, but he just doesn't have that angle to be able to do that. And he's not someone that will will move off to the left and and you know drag it drive drive it into the stumps and then do something from there. So that's where the big advantage comes in for our right handers, which we just don't have enough of. But Manus here with the forty one point eight eight average in Australia against England in the nine matches, obviously showed that how well he played in those seven games. Uh, in England, obviously in the, in the Ashes in uh, in 2019 was massive, uh, where he picked up four really good 50s and kind of saved us uh, when Smithy went down. That's for sure, and came in and got that massive score. So a 50 average from him, if he can do that again and continue and, and keep that 50 average, it's going to be amazing uh, for us to be able to win the Ashes there. Steve Smith, obviously a 59.8 average, he is amazing uh we know that and you know average across the board for from places where he has played a, a decent amount of test matches south africa is actually his worst with a 41 in the 11 matches that innings that he's played there let's uh let's drag it down to australia against england at home and also away he gets better 65 so smith is the key smith and minus if they can average well if, if smith can go 65 um which he's has done for 26 innings absolutely incredible if he can keep that up then it's going to go a long way for us to you know the, as aussies to win the ashes which is going to be huge um minus as i said those are the two important guys and then why i had them as our strengths and yeah yeah just such such an important um you know, way of us winning this there's not much else to say Although Smith, we just need him to, to play really well because I'm really worried about a lot of the left-handers. Let's talk about Travis Head. So he has 57 match uh, innings there with 32 in Australia. Averages 57 in Australia and a total of 45.4. In England, which is our most important one here, he actually scores really well in India as well uh, in the six innings that he's played. And that's coming off a couple of games that he played recently and he was able to do really, really well. 59 average against Australia, uh, sorry, against England in Australia, which is awesome. So at least he knows, you know, when he does face those bowlers, he's, uh, you know, some type of comfort, comfort, uh, some type of being comfortable. In England, on the other hand, though, 27 is the average. So again, another really low average in an opposing team's territory. Not exactly what we want, and I, it doesn't really get much better, to be honest. So as I said, it really lies in our two right-handers again, a left-hander that hasn't got a great average over in England. And, and I'm you know, a little bit worried about that. But again, Travis Head is one of those guys that's definitely in form, obviously did really well uh, in all of his games in recent time in Australia. But how's that going to translate to England? That's the big one there. Let's talk about Cameron Green. So a couple of things to speak about. We've got his batting and also his bowling to, to go through there. 37.6 is his current average. Obviously a youngster, 28 innings so far, 32 average in Australia, 67 in India in the two games that he played. 51 in, in Pakistan, so he does like playing in India and Pakistan. There you go. 
not many do. Uh, not many Aussies do anyway. Just, you know, the, the averages seems to seem to drop for the most part. And he's also played in Sri Lanka. So he actually hasn't played in England yet. And I am personally very worried um, at how he's going to go as a batsman in England, just because of his technique at the moment. He just seems to be a little bit shaky, a little bit less confident around his batting. And I hope that, you know, obviously performing pretty solidly in the IPL is going to be helpful for him. Where we're most interested in Cammy Green, if we can get a 35 average out of him, like he has right now, 37.6, then I think that's going to be great. But if he goes under that 30, it's going to be very, very tough for the Australians to to win there. We need those lefties to, to you know, play above their weight. Um, which is something that's you know, yet to be seen. It's something that we are obviously a little bit worried about heading into these series. But let's look at his bowling now. And, and overall, he has a 34 average. Doesn't have a wicket in India or Sri Lanka, but uh, you know, his average in Pakistan is 67 overs of 57. Not ideal. And obviously, has uh, really only bowled in Australia, apart from that 67. So, you know, decent amount of wickets there. 20 in the 167 overs gets him a nice strike rate of 50. And 24.75 average, which is you know as good as as most uh, full-time pace bowlers. So exactly what we want. I think his bowling will go to another level in England, and I, that's where I think his his importance is going to be. But we do need him to be able to average over 30. Uh, and if he doesn't, I think we're going to be in a fair bit of trouble. So Cameron Green will be the guy picked, and we need him to step up as he gets that little bit older. Still a youngster, but very very important for us. As, as Australians over in England. All right, Alex Carey has a 33 average in Australia, 59 in three innings in Pakistan, and 44 in Sri Lanka. Nine average in the six innings that he played in India. Not good at all, but this is very different conditions. And Kerry, great wicketkeeper, great ODI, great T20 batsman. What he hasn't shown yet is the ability to, to average a 35 or 40 in test cricket. Again, another left-hander, something that we do need to worry about at the moment. And we have nothing to go off in England for him. He hasn't played a lot of, uh, since I say Sheffield Shield, uh, a lot of um, county cricket, in, in obviously, in England. And uh, this is a big test for him. You know, can he do it? And you've got Josh Inglis yeah, as a backup. I don't think that he's the man either. So, Kerry, we're going to be going all, on, all in on him. I know a lot of us have plenty of faith, but we do need to see an over 30 average from him in England. We need to see at least 30 for Green, at least 30 for Kerry. And our, you know, we need one of those three, the three guys I spoke about in the top order in you know, Warner, Kawaja, and Head to be a 45 guy as well. We need at least three in, in this outfit to be able to uh, to win, I believe. So Kerry, wicket keeping speaks for itself, but the batting uh, still has some room to go. Uh, let's look at Pat Cummings now. So really, really good news for him is when he plays in Australia, he averages 20, which is just ridiculous. Uh, when he plays in majority of other countries, he averages really well also. India is his worst. England, sorry, Bangladesh, England, even better. All right, so we have a 19 average for him. Um, yeah, sorry, a 10 average when he plays in England and Wales, which is uh, for his batting, oh God, um, for his bowling, sorry, 19.62, like I said, uh, is the average for him. A best bowling of 432, so even room for improvement there. He's, you know, played... Um, a few less matches in England, but still the average is great. 21.5 in Australia, 19.6. So he'll be amazing. He bowls that terrific line and length. Not worried about Pat and his bowling at all. Some people would like to speak about his captaincy. And obviously, you know, when when Smithy came in and had to captain when Cummins was away, a lot of people were happy with him tactically. So I think Pat does need to grow a little bit more. If, if people to notice 
Smithy's differences and how he was really on the ball. You know, he's obviously very fidgety and doing a lot of things. Um, thinks the game great. He's obviously loves, lives and breathes cricket, and that's why he's he can obviously be a decent captain as well because he knows how to anticipate different you know batsmen and, and how they they go about things. And and Pat obviously thinking a lot about his bowling as well, being one of the you know the, the sorry the first bowler in a, in a long time that has been captain. It's uh it's something that he's gonna have to work out a little bit more as well and, and work out how to manage both things of getting his rest and and you know thinking about bowling changes and, and thinking about fields as well because a lot of time he, he's pretty cooked after his bowling. That's where you know having a, a wicketkeeper who can see the play great or a batsman who's in the slips or whatever that can just see the game. They're just focused on the the field where everyone is and tactic tactics basically is what you're looking at. So that's something you look at in uh, these series as well, how he comes out of it. And we'll react and, and analyze how he goes in each one of those games as well. Mitch Stark. All right, go to his bowling as well. And average 27.5. He's obviously our strike bowler, not as good of an average across the board, apart from when he plays in Sri Lanka and the West Indies, apparently. Uh, but yeah, he's kind of just solid in all of the other places. In England, he is, okay, 28.9 against England in Australia. He seems to dominate at 22 average. Um, but has more innings in England. So we've got a bigger sample size there. Uh, that's his batting. Again, I continue to, to, to miss that. But 31 average in England. Sorry, a little bit worse than what I just said in that one. 24 um, in Australia against England there. So yeah, 31, a lot more to be desired there. I think he needs to improve on you know, how he played last time. And I think he will. I think he's going to be a good change up to you know the terrific line and length bowling we get from Hazelwood and Cummings. Uh, their strike bowling there, and you know, Stark's that that awesome guy um, that will be able to trouble those the right-handers for England if he can get it right, and that's the thing, that's the issue, and the problem we usually see with him is the ability to just not always get it right. That's Starky in the moment. I think you know, hopefully he's in for a, a a big tour, and if he's not, then we've got Boland to come in and do a job. And it depends how um, how green he goes as well. So there's a lot to it, but Starky being the left-hander is a good change-up. All right. Hazy, 25.83 is his average. He has a pretty solid average across the board there. Only the four games in South Africa, but yeah, not a great average there. And let's look at how he goes in England. And it is a 23.58 average, which is awesome. So not as good as Cummins, much better than Starkey there. And uh, I just think he's a terrific bowler. And he's always around that top three uh, best bowl, best fast bowlers in the game. 25.75 in Australia. He, play, he performs better in England. And this is where I say that we have a much better uh, bowling lineup as one of our strengths than our batting currently. Let's go to Nathan Lyon. This is an interesting one. Obviously, you know, Gary the Goat, uh, 31 average across the board, which is pretty normal, that higher sort of high 20s to 30s average for our spin bowlers uh, across the board, all countries, all players there. Batting averages 24 in Australia, pretty cool. 12 in England. Bowling there, he averages 27.6 against England in Australia. He's obviously a terrific bowler in Australia because of the turn and the bounce that he gets there. And in England, not as good. In India, also not as good. Like, he's solid, but he's not one of the better bowlers because of the overspin that he gets on it. He gets a lot more wickets in Australia through bounce, uh, the dip and bounce, rather than through sheer turn. England and Wales, sometimes it will skid on a bit. Sometimes you will get that turn and bounce where it works for him. And yeah, other times you will get some good turns. It's a little bit different across the board, but most of the time the spinners are easier to face than the pace bowlers, which is why you know, we'll, we'll analyze a few of the, the, you know, the spinners from England as well. You'll be able to look at their averages uh, across the board there as well. So Nathan Lyon, um, 
is our lovely man. We love him, right? He has so many wickets, obviously, um, and he has 101 here uh, in Australia and again, and, and in England against England, which is so cool. So yeah, congrats to him for an awesome career. We just need him to be stock standard. If he can do that, then I think yeah, we'll have the edge spin bowling wise um, and just be how we go with the batsman. It's going to be the big thing. Now, I just want to look at three of the batsmen before we finish up here. And a big thank you to all of you guys for jumping in uh, and analyzing yeah, and previewing this squad. This is going to be the one where it's a little bit contentious because uh, we've seen all of the averages from all of the batsmen so far. Let's look at three guys that, well, two guys that have missed out and one that is actually in there at the moment in, in Matt Renshaw. So, yeah, let's get into that now. Cameron Bancroft, and then we'll finish off with uh, Marcus Harris as well, which will be very interesting. I haven't got him up there yet, but we will. So, Bancroft's batting. All right, so he has a 26 average in Test Cricket. One of those guys that has found it very, very difficult to translate from Sheffield Shield Cricket in Australia, playing in, in England in general, over there in County, and then transferring it to the Test career. And a 26 average, obviously a decent average there in South Africa, when it all, all went wrong, obviously, with 37 there. 25 average in Australia, not great. You see the majority of our Aussie cricketers dominate in Australia. Uh, but in, in England, he's obviously got an average 11. So there's a reason why he hasn't been selected, and that is why at this point. So if anyone looking at him and going, oh, wow, he scored so well, he's in form, there's that. But then he hasn't been able to translate it in 18 innings to the Test Arena, unfortunately. Peter Hanscom, a little bit different. He has a 37 average in 35 innings there. 47 in Australia, which shows he's able to do it. Like I've said, a right-hander, something to think about there. Didn't make the squad, though. 48 average in the four innings in Bangladesh. He has not yet played in England. And in India, the 28 average. So he uh, he was pretty solid, to be honest, you know, from, from what he could provide for us. And two innings in, in South Africa for a, uh, a duck and a 24. So there's that. But something I want to note here is Hanscom actually helped them win the uh, county, county championship, which was awesome. So he got 100 in their first innings and then got 68, I believe, in the second there. So... Really, really cool. Uh, yeah, and I'm beating 68 following a, a century there, um, which is great. He's 31 years old. He's coming into his own. He knows you know, the type of game he, he wants to play. And you could see that in India. He had a real good game plan and stuck to it. So they brought him in for that role. And it seems to be that's when they like to play him. It's in Australia a little bit and then mainly just in India. And they won't pick him anywhere else. So you know, him, he's over there playing at the moment. I think that's great news and he's able to, to do a job. So if they do need a guy to come in, I would suggest it should be Hanscom over Bancroft. Yeah, Bancroft, you could use an opener, but how how excited or how you know keen on, on him as an opener are we? How keen on, on, on are we are we on someone like Marcus Harris as well? So yeah, that's something to look at, which we'll go through Marcus in a second uh, when that'll load. So Big thing here with Renshaw, he has a 29 average, so not super exciting. He has a 64 average in Australia, but that involves an 184. So you take that away, he's got 136 runs in six innings, which isn't really good. That's a 20-odd average. He has a 19 average in Bangladesh. He has a 21 average in India. He looked all at sea in those games in India of recent time, and then a 6.5 in two games for South Africa. So again, someone that hasn't played over in England yet. He's in that squad, and I'm not exactly sure why. They do love him in there. I personally would have Hanscom in that middle order before I would have Matt Renshaw, especially with the type, uh, you know, the types of issues that we have when we play up against the, uh, you know, the Broads and, and Andersons when they come around the wicket. So I would be going for, um, you know, Hanscom in that middle order rather than, um, than 
than him there. So let's talk about Harris to finish things off. And then, yeah, big thank you for, for all of you guys for, for coming in and, uh, yeah, and seeing this here which and, and checking this video out. And I appreciate all you guys that from the uh, NRL Fantasy Analysis channel. Uh, I really appreciate you guys coming in and checking things out. Let's finish it off with our Marcus Harris. And then, yeah, you can see there how it all how it all plays out. So he has only played in Australia. He has a 30 average and he has six innings in England and a 9.6 average. And somehow he keeps getting picked. So if he happens to, to get picked as an opener, I won't be very excited, to be honest with you. We saw what happened last time. It wasn't good. And I don't... I very much hope it doesn't happen again. Things will happen across you know, the next, uh, obviously, week. We'll get the final uh, the final squad, the obviously final 11 for the Test Championship in less than a week now, which I'm super excited for. I will break down each of those days uh, against India. I will do a preview in you know, a few days' time as well on uh, you know, Australia versus India in that one. So I can't wait for you guys to check that one out as well. And a big thank you all for, for stopping in for this video. There will be plenty more to come as we go along. We'll also get into some deep dives around you know, guys like David Warner, why Marnus and, and you know, Smithy are so good. You know, we'll look at you know, Vera Coley and some of these players uh, overseas as well and show you how good they are and why they're so good as well in terms of you know, it just you look at, looking at their, their specific stances, how they you know when how late they play the ball, the types of shots they avoid, their temperament, discipline, everything like that. We'll get into it and I uh, can't wait to uh, show you all of that, guys. See you later. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.